Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning. <clears throat> Throat's a little raspy, so excuse me, but <clears throat> uh, if this is your first time to the vineyard. Welcome. My name's Tim. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. And how about the last two weeks with uh, Jay and Lauren preaching? Was that not awesome at all? I was watching online. Yeah, it's great. And uh, we're actually not going to finish up this series today because I'm going to finish it up on Tuesday night. So uh, you want to come out and as we finish up the invitation, our series, you know, Joseph and Mary, <clears throat> man, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Got something in my throat. <clears throat> wow. Help me, Lord. <laughs> Joseph and Mary had journeyed to Bethlehem because of a census. Most likely, Joseph had some lands in his family, and maybe he was going there to make a claim on that land. That's part of what was going on in those moments. This young family is pictured as being very... Thank you, Skip. Thank you, sir. So while they were there at the census is when the baby was born. And we're going to be at our text today is going to be over in Luke, the first chapter. And in your handout, you flip it over like we do every Sunday. You'll find the scripture there. You'll find three fill-ins as well. Luke and tradition, who wrote, obviously, Luke's gospel and the book of Acts. There's a tradition that goes way back to about the... 1500s or so, that Luke was the first one to ever paint a picture of Mary and Jesus as a baby together. And I have a picture here I wanted you to look at. I want to see if you can pick out something on that picture. Do you see anything? Look at the picture that supposedly, now, of course, we don't know if Luke did that. And the dude that, that painted this didn't know Luke. I mean, didn't know, you know, Luke. So anyway, but it's a good effort, I think. Uh, but look at Jesus. Look at Mary holding the baby Jesus. Do you see anything different? Look above Mary's head. Do you see a faint halo? It's not on her head. As she's sitting there, it's not there, but it's in the painting. There's a faint halo that supposedly that Luke painted, right? So our take on Mary, depending on your tradition, you know, your religious tradition, uh, probably runs one of two ways. If you were raised a Roman Catholic, uh, Mary has been almost deified to a place of great honor and uh, you pray to her and all. They believe that she remained a virgin even after she had Jesus, which... You know, just to be honest with you, not true, <laughs> because he had other brothers. The scripture tells us that. As a matter of fact, Mary was just like any young girl. And that's the big point. That is the, I think that's the message that the Lord's trying to get over to us. Is that his choice of people that he's going to use are not someone that's perfect. Not someone that, you know, has these superpowers or like, Remaining a virgin after actually having children would be a superpower, I suppose. But, uh, but Mary was a humble young girl during that particular time. And 
God chose this young lady probably in her mid to early teens actually during this period of time to have the son of God. Now we know that Mary was like us in many respects because she even doubted who Jesus was a couple of times and in Mark 3:23 Jesus and his family or his brothers show up to a meeting. And in 3:23 we read when his family heard about this they went to take charge of him for they said he is out of his mind. <laughs> so, you know, there are moments in time when Mary had questions like I know he's saying these things, but is this true? Is this true? So she had her moments. She's like any of us. Has been put in a particular situation, and it's it's amazing. Can this really be true? Now his brothers were like, our bro- our brother, our older brothers lost it. We need to take him, get him out of here. And so, but we also know this about Mary. Mary was with the first church. She lasted all of those thirty, thirty-three years. And she was in that upper room when the Holy Spirit fell. She was very faithful, loving, but she was a human being. Now, I have to tell you, having a child like this is a (laughs) one-off. Having Jesus when you've never had sex is a one-off from God. But you know what? In nature, that's not. It does happen. Parthenogenesis. You ever heard of that? There are some insects and a few animals that don't need the male contribution in order to have a, a next baby. So it is possible in nature. So uh, I just read that this week and I thought, hey, that's pretty cool, you know. So, <laughs> so you guys can pray for me this morning and uh, I'm going to pray for myself and for us. And we're going to jump into this time with Mary uh, when she was called to birth the Son of God. Lord. Thank you so much for this time of the year when we get an opportunity to revisit once again your coming to earth. Jesus, we want you to come again and again and again to us. Visit us, Lord, where we are in our situations in life. And may this morning remind us of your great presence and the love that you extended to Mary and the love that you extend to us at this time of the year. Also, Lord, remind us that we can extend this love, this great, wonderful love to others. So, Jesus, give me the gift of teaching over the next few minutes. And, Lord, I do ask you to help me with this uh, throat situation that I'm dealing with this morning. Help me be able to get your word out clearly, Lord. And may you impact our lives in a very special way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow. Your first fill-in is this. When love is, or when love is, and this is the expression that I think we can find from Mary when God uh, pursued Mary and called her. When love is presence. When love is presence. God sent the angel, Gabriel. The angel went to her. The Lord is with her. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come on you, will overshadow you. All of this is, is, I mean, God could not have been more present in that moment. And love 
I think is fully expressed when we, when God, when we get a, an actual, let's say, time with him. And this, this happens through the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit makes God very known to us. And, uh, I mean, I love getting emails. I love getting texts. I, I really like getting written letters. You don't, does anybody remember how to do that? Um, write a letter. They, makes a, they make this little thing you stick on an envelope, and it actually goes to someone. I love that too, but you know what's the best? What's the best is someone's presence. And God, the Father, is speaking to Mary in the present by sending the archangel Gabriel to be with her. This was a very wonderful moment. You know, I was, we were out the last two weeks because I was spending some time with my grandsons. And we FaceTime with them almost every week. But I'll have to tell you, and if you put this picture up, having them, being with them, is a lot better than FaceTime. There's something very special about presence. Like Elias is going, you're not going anywhere, Pop. I'm tying your shoelaces together. And, uh, <laughs> and Issa is like, nope, not going. You're not doing it. So that is, I love seeing them in FaceTime, and I love getting cards for them. But you know what's the best? It's presence. Presence. And God begins this journey with his own presence with Mary through the angel Gabriel. The Holy Spirit now makes himself, makes God known in his presence in our lives. Um, the very name of Jesus means presence. Emmanuel, right? God is what? With us. Presence is powerful in our lives. And you know what? There is no other religion. No other religion. That expresses God. The way that Christianity does. In God actually coming down. And making himself known in his presence. We're the only one. And uh, in Matthew 1.23. It says the virgin will conceive. And give birth to. To a son. And they will call him. Emmanuel. Right. God is with us. With us. God has come to us in human form. And that has made it very real. To us. It's not a philosophy. It's not some grand dream. By a young teenage girl. God comes down and makes himself known. And uh, God didn't just. You know send a letter. He didn't just announce like sometimes we think the angels just announced Jesus is coming and uh, that's it. <laughs> that wasn't that, you know, it came down. And uh, so I want us to read this scripture uh, together this morning, if you would. And this is over in Luke one. Let's re can we read it together? Let's do it together. We put it up on the screens. All right, here we go. Ready? Two. said to her pray you have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus he will be great 
will be called the Son of the Most High. Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants. child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God then man what a response I am the Lord's servant in response to the presence of the Lord calling her to her mission. You know, the presence of the Lord is so uh, powerful and so, let's say, important to people of God that like even Moses back in the Old Testament, God told Moses on one, in one, at one time, you can go, but I won't go with you. <laughs> told Moses that. Like, hey, if you want to get this, if you want to do this, you can go, but I'm not going with you. And then Moses replies, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. It's in Exodus 33. The presence of God, the pres- our presence with other people, signifies his care, his concern, his love, his companionship, his approval, his help. And to Mary at this time, she didn't get just the word. She didn't read it somewhere, but God visits her. And, you know, one of the things that happens to ourselves at times of struggle and times of maybe chaos is we tend to isolate ourselves. We will pull ourselves away from the presence of other people. We may quit praying and asking the Lord to make himself known to us. And, you know, I wonder now uh, if you've got someone in your life, if you know someone who is kind of pulled away from your presence, pulled away from people's presence and. Maybe they're going through something and they just don't want to be around anyone. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you came to church this morning and you're like, Tim, that's where I am right now. I just don't want to be around people. I came because a friend told me to come or asked me to come. But I'm going through a very difficult time. I just don't want to be in other people's presence. I get that. I get that. But the beauty of Christmas is that God will not leave us alone. He comes and brings his presence to us to show just how much he cares for us in sending his only son. He humbles himself in coming down and being human. And we as God's people, I think sometimes we kind of, we're the emissaries of that peace and we're emissaries of that presence. And so let me just ask this because we've been doing this the last few weeks. Who in here knows someone right now who's kind of pulled away from life? Wow, see? Look around. All right, you know who they are. Let's pray for them right now. Can we do that? Right where you are. Lord, we lift our friends up to you that have pulled away, God, and maybe they're going through something very tough and We ask that your presence, your beautiful presence, would apprehend them.
that you would come and be a very real help in time of need. Would you come to and just put the name in there? Mention their name to God. Lift them up. Presence. Presence, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, there's a second part to this prayer. And that is, would you ask the Lord for help to be that presence in that person's life? Would you say, Lord, help me to reach out Help me to reach out to them. Help me be an emissary of your word and of your presence to my friend. Oh Lord. And the third part of this is. Holy Spirit, would you right now. In those that are with us in this room. Who felt somewhat detached and pulled away and they feel alone. Would you bring your presence right now, your beautiful, beautiful presence to warm their hearts, to give them hope, to let them know they're not alone, no matter how strong the feelings are, that you are Emmanuel, God with us in the moment, your presence. And Holy Spirit, would you come and flood the hearts of those that are lonely even now? Come and heal bring hope father Jesus name thank you Lord thank you father presence presence now let's just tag this before we move on to the next point that sometimes in people's lives just having someone there is enough you don't have to say anything uh, you're going through such a tough time, you don't need any, you know, directions. <laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes we, I mean, I'm a rescuer, I'll admit it. You know, like, I guess it's because I'm the oldest, older brother. Maybe that's what it is in my family. But, you know, when you see someone that's hurting and in need, you want to rescue. Someone who's going through loss, you want to rescue them. You want to help them do what you can. And there is a place for that, but... Sometimes the power is in our presence, not in our doing something. Do you get that? Sometimes someone wants, people just want someone to be there and be in the moment with them. And I mean, I was at a place in my life one time where some friends came to me. They didn't say a word. One particular friend, this musician from up north, traveled all the way down here. And he came to our house uh, and he sat. He just, he moved in with us for a few days and he was just there to give his presence and to be there with, with us during a time of loss. He never once told me to do anything. He'd sit on the couch and play his guitar. And his presence spoke love and kindness. And so when you feel nervous, here's, here's something. I'm kind of traveling off a trail here, but hold, hold up with me here. You know, when you feel like you have to have something to say, many times that's the exact moment you don't need to say it. The moment you start getting nervous because it's just silence. Now, this will be harder for some of us than others. But the minute it gets kind of quiet and the, your friend who has isolated themselves or are going through a tough time, 
when you're just like the moment is filled with this tension, that's the exact moment not to say anything. Just to be there. Maybe put your arm around them. And, you know, if there's anything I can do for you, I'm here. Presence speaks love. Presence is powerful. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus coming to earth, veiled in this weak flesh, is a powerful statement of God's great love for us. And he will not leave us alone. He's not going to leave us alone. Dear friend, if you're running from God, you might as well give up. You know, he's not going to quit. He's not going to quit. He won't quit. He won't give up on you. He will not. His presence is steadily pursuing you. This love is after you. And Christmas time is when we're reminded of that. The great love of the Father for his son to come. The presence. Second feeling is this. When love is purpose. When love is purpose. Look what uh, Gabriel does. He says, greetings you who are highly favored. You have found favor. Now, I love Mary's response because she knows it says she starts wondering, you know, about what this, what this means. It's like if someone comes to you and builds you up, like, man, you're the greatest person in the world. You feel like it's coming, right? Something's coming. Like, man, you mean so much to me. You know, I, you know there's a request coming somewhere. And I think Mary, Mary was like, wow, what's coming after the greetings and after the highly favored by the Lord? There's something coming. And there was something coming, something beautiful. Mary was about to hear what her purpose during this period of time was all about. And purpose speaks love. The fact that you have a reason to get up every day. The fact that other people care about you and love you and you have purpose in their life. God always has purpose for us. We are his. Uh, Mary's purpose was to participate in God's plan. It hasn't changed much. I mean, we're, we're invited to do the same, and that's our purpose as well. And I love Mary's response to this. Here I am, the Lord's servant. After hearing all of this fantastic uh, praise for her, she finally surrenders and goes, here I am, the Lord's servant. You know, I'll do whatever you've called me to do. There's a surrender. N.T. Wright uh, one of my favorite theologians says, when God takes the initiative, it is always a matter of love. Love which will care for us and take us up into his saving purposes. Always. You know, it's not, let's get saved and go to heaven. We'll just hold the fort down. It's not that. It's no. Come to know Christ and let's go. Let's go. I mean, this past week, I, I was giving some thought to what it means to do ministry. Or as they said in the old Pentecostal days, ministry. Yeah, called to the ministry. And I thought, you know what ministry is? It's simply participating in God's purposes for your life. Wherever that is. Mary was not expecting that. She didn't go after that. It came to her. That purpose. There was nothing special about Mary. That's the beauty and the, the huge story behind all of this. Is that she had not earned the place. She had not, she had not done anything to earn the place of being used by God. It was God's sovereign will and moment to, to choose this 
Very humble. Nothing special. Girl. To birth his son. It was God's choice. So what is ministry? Ministry is all of us doing for God what we're doing every day where we're doing it. I mean, and there's no like huge point of this is, you know, I wish I was called to the ministry. Well, you are. Honestly, you are. And that is the purpose of God where you are with who you're with every day. I mean, think about this. Christmas tree. If that is your life, those are the people around you. Those are the people you have influence with. Those are the people who love you, who look to you on the job, at school, in the home, your children, your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, boyfriend, your classmates. They're all around your tree. You have purpose. You have purpose and you go into that. If you're a business person, you go into it with the purpose of I'm God. I'm your servant, Lord. This is where you've placed me. That ministry is just as important as what I'm doing up here. It's where you're called, what you do. That is your life. That is your purpose. I mean, all of you are ordained to be ministers in the arena of your purpose. I mean, I bet if you looked at concentric circles around your life, if you looked at your life, like this Christmas tree, then you went out. Here's the people I'm closest to. Here's the next group. Here's the next group. Here's the next group. Next group. It would be thousands of people. Thousands of people. And God has you right in the center. Right in the middle. What's our response to God's choice? What will we say? What will we do? How do we respond to the glory of Jesus coming to us? No, Jesus said, follow me to the disciples. Now that sounds to me like they were going somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't like, follow me and stop. Let's go. Let's go into this world. Let's go. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say how to do it, did he? He said, go do it. Do it on the job. Do it in the home. Do it at work. Do it in the mall. Mall. I went there yesterday and freaked out and left. Um, I, I was trying to text my wife for support. Like, walk me through this, please. I just got to the center of the mall and went, I might have walked out. There were only men there. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What is that? Presence and purpose, both right there. I will be with you. That's his presence. Your purpose to go and do that. There's our first two points wrapped up in that, that scripture for us. I mean, Mary brings no credentials to the task. Nothing on Mary's resume other than her availability and her willingness to serve. And that's what God asks of us. To make ourselves available and to be willing. How about the people in your life that have spoken purpose to you. Do you have any? 
you have people around you who have said things to you and encouraged you in your life, whether it's your profession or whether it's being a husband or wife or a student? Do you have people like that in your life? Do you? They've helped instill a purpose. They've confirmed to you at times, yes, this is what God is doing in your life or just helped you, right? How about we do this right now? How about we pray for those? Those people who have encouraged me and given me the affirmation of purpose in my life. Do you know who they are? I like, let's call their names out to God right now. Let's lift them up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for these people who instill a purpose in our lives. Thank you that you have called us, Lord. Amen. Now, how about this? How about you write a letter? Write a letter. If you need to know how to use a pen, come to me. <laughs> write a letter. You know, texts are good. Emails are good. We all use them. But write a letter to them. You know what writing does? It's like your heart to your hand. And every curve and every part of the movement expresses a concern for that person and a gratefulness. That is a rhythm of who you are going through your fingers. It means a lot to take that, put it on a piece of paper, and to say thank you for being a part of my life. It's much more personal. So let's, let's give those people in our lives who have spoke purpose to us, let's thank them. Let's send a letter this year to them. You know, in high school, high school was not fun for me. But there was one guy in my class who continually encouraged me. And I've never forgot him. I mean, even I was, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. And we had a reunion, a high school reunion. It was our 150th, I think. But, <laughs> but we had... We had a reunion, and while we were there this past summer, I saw this guy. His name's Donald, and I went over to him, and I finally got to tell him, because I've lost contact with him for all these decades, and I was able to go over to him and said, I want you to know something. When I was in high school, you always had a good word for me, always, and thank you. Thank you so much. And I look back at my notes from all those years back when we, Karen and I first got married. I had written a song to him. Now, I did not sing the song to him. No, I did. Don't, don't go that far, okay? I, no, no, no. I didn't go, Donald. You know, it's like, no, I didn't do that. But I did get an opportunity to tell him what he meant to me. And he was, a, he was an encouraging word at a very difficult time in my life. People speak purpose to people. They affirm what they're doing, the good things that they have spoken to you. And I mean, that purpose is, without purpose, we get depressed. Without purpose, we do isolate. Without purpose, we feel like we, we're, there's no reason for us to be here. But everyone has purpose. Everyone does. And 
Many times you will be the person. You will be that voice. And Christmas time can be very tough for people. And what a great time to pick up the phone or to write a letter and tell those people who have said such wonderful things to you in your life to say thank you for speaking to me and giving me purpose at that time. And so, uh, you know, I, I tell you, I, I wish our church would, be, would become famous for saying good things to people. I, I wish that people in Myrtle Beach and up and down the Grand Strand would, when you say thank you and you treat people kind and you have a good word, they go, man, they're from the vineyard. That church, yeah, those people, they're always thanking people. They're always speaking good to people. They're always encouraging people all the time. Because the Lord knows we need that now. We need kind words, beautiful words of love and appreciation and consolation. And we all, that's a part of our purpose, to build people up. The church is called to build people up. Edification, fancy word, but it just means encourage and build up. Build up one another. Your last fill-in here is this. When love is particular, particular, notice how specific this was. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. What? Mary called her by name. You have found favor with God. You will conceive. The Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. This was a one-on-one calling. And you know what? I believe this. Love must be particular to be powerful. It must be particular to be powerful. A generic statement of, you know, thank you to all my friends. You know, that's good. But you know what's even more powerful? Going up to the person, calling them by name. And saying, here's how you've been a blessing in my life. Here's what your presence has meant to me. I mean, the Bible has a track record of being specific and personal. I mean, here's Mary called by name, right, by the angel. But think of this, Mary Magdalene at the tomb, right? You remember the story? At the tomb, she goes up, the body's gone. She goes down to the body is gone. She's weeping, she's crying, she thinks there's a gardener behind her, trimming the weeds, taking care of the gravesite. And the gardener says, first, woman, why are you crying? Very generic, right? Woman, why are you crying? And she goes, they've taken my master away, I don't know where they've taken him. And then the gardener says, what? Mary. And what happens? She recognizes him. That hearing her own name spoken by the risen Savior, bam, she knew who she was talking to then. I'll tell you, there's something. What, what's, the, what's the most powerful thing you can hear with your ears that gets your attention more than anything? Your name. Your name. Love, when it is particular and specific, is a powerful thing. And here to Mary. I mean Peter. Even after Jesus was resurrected. And I mean there's Peter in the, in the boat. Remember he, they get up on the beach. And Jesus is talking to Peter. And three times 
You know, he calls him Simon. I mean, Saul, Saul. Wait, I got my mixed up. Peter, you know, he says, uh, Peter, Peter. And three times, I mean, he's got Peter's attention while he reestablishes the relationship with him. So that Peter knows everything is okay between him and Jesus. It came because of using his name. And then in Saul or Paul again. On the road, to, you know, when he was struck down and he came to Christ, it was his name that Jesus called out. Saul, Saul. In Revelation 2.17, there is this odd verse that goes, I will also give that person a white stone with a new name. It's like we're all going to get new names one day. Names that probably express God's great heart for us. And I don't know, it's a really kind of an esoteric type quote there and... and but that shows you how names are important. And when we're showing the love to one another. It's most powerful when it's particular. Our name. I mean I know it can be a little awkward to look somebody in the eye and call them by their name. You know we don't do that very much anymore do we? People start going. You know, but you look them in the eye and you say call their name and go thank you. Thank you is a powerful thing. Mary, the angel cries out, you've been chosen by the Lord. You, Mary. I mean, it's one thing to grab, you know, we're grandparents now and our kids are grown. And it's one thing like at Christmas to get everybody in the same room and me to stand up and go, I just want all of you to know I love you. It's a lot different. As I take Brandy and look at her and go, I love you, Brandy. I take Isa, I take Christian, I take Andrew, take Elias, look at them and go, I love you, I love you, I love you. Take Rachel, take Jason, take Aaron, I love you, I love you. Look in their eye and tell them. There's something very powerful about doing that. And I hope we don't lose that, folks. I hope in this world that has really relegated us to just nothing personal any longer, that we don't lose being able to say to each other, I love you, thank you, and speaking one another's name to each other. Mary's a beautiful example of how to respond. She responded with, you know, I am the Lord's servant. She didn't get all of it, but she was like, okay, I'm your servant, Lord. I'm your servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. I wonder, can you say that this morning? Can you say, Lord? I am your servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. We do that here. Let's say it together. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Yes, Lord. Now, everyone in this room. Everyone in this room. Lord, I pray now. Holy Spirit, you would speak their name to them in this moment. Call them by name. Show them that they have purpose. That their presence means something. Holy Spirit, come. And help us love the way you love. Come, Lord. Lord, to the lonely and the isolated, would you bring your presence, Lord? Would you bring your presence to them like you did Elijah, like you did in the cave to Elijah. Come and speak and bring your presence, Lord, down. To those who have lost purpose in their life, would you bring 
Lord, encouragement. And Lord, those who feel that they don't matter. Who feel like they've been absorbed into the collective, Lord, or something. They've, they've just been swallowed up by the cares and the worries of this world. Lord, would you speak their name to them right now? Come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Come. Who has lost someone over the last month or two months in this room? I have. Lost my dad a couple of months ago. Anybody else? Joe. Father, would you bring your presence to our grieving hearts right now? Would you wrap, Lord, the brokenness up in your great love as we recognize you have come to earth. Emmanuel, you are with us. Jesus, you are with us. Bring your healing touch in your presence because the presence of someone we loved is gone now, Lord. So would you fill that void with your love even right now, Jesus? Would you bring your presence? Come, Lord. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.